today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Because you're going to read things, you're going to be like, whoa, what in the world? And no, I'm the Almighty. My hand is upon it. I'm in control. No matter how crazy it may look, no matter how crazy it may seem, my hand is upon it. He's the Almighty. It's comforting to know that. Just to know that His hand is on it. That His hand is guiding it. That it's not just careening out of control. Nobody at the wheel. His hand is on it. Regardless of what takes place on this earth during the end times, God is still ultimately in control and on the throne in heaven. Even right now in your life, things may seem out of control, but God is still sovereign and in control. What the enemy intends for evil, God will work it out for your good in the end. Just like God worked out all the trials Joseph went through, he was beaten, left for dead, kidnapped, God ultimately made him one of the most powerful men in Egypt. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Revelation chapter 1, we're also going to look in the book of Daniel this morning and in the book of Hebrews, Daniel, Hebrews, and Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, we left off in verse 8, where it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. 
The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Well, we we started our study of the book of Revelation last week. And if you were here, you may remember that the theme of the book of Revelation is the return of Jesus Christ to the earth. That's what this whole book is about about the return of Jesus Christ to the earth. The book of Revelation describes for us the events leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the events surrounding his second coming, and then the events following his second coming. And we mentioned last week that verse 19 of chapter 1 gives us an outline of the entire book. If you look at verse 19 again, Don't get your hopes up. We're not going to skip all the verses down to verse 19. We're going to go back. (laughs) Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. And so the book of Revelation has three divisions to it. The first division is the things which you have seen. That's chapter one. Things we're looking at today. And then the things which are, that's chapters 2 and 3, the letters to the churches. And then the third division, the things which will take place after this. That begins in chapter 4 and goes to the end of the the book. And the passage today in chapter 1 that we're going to dig into, it gives us this amazing description of the physical appearance of, of Jesus Christ, what, what Jesus looks like. And this description that is given for us is the description of Jesus in his glory. This is the only description of Jesus that we find in all of the Bible. In, in the Gospels, there's, there's not really a description of his physical appearance when he was here on the earth. We, we don't know his eye color or his hair color or whether he was tall or short or thin or muscular. or it, it, doesn't, it doesn't tell us anything about his physical appearance when he was here on the earth. The, the closest thing we get, really, is in Isaiah 53, verse 2. It tells us that when Jesus was on the earth as a man, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. In other words, when Jesus was on the earth living as a man, he he was pretty plain looking. He was pretty ordinary looking. There was nothing about him that physically that would identify him as the Messiah. It's not like people would look at the guy and say, man, look how good looking he is. He's got to be the savior of the world. I mean, come on. Look at that wave in his hair, those baby blue eyes. Who else could it be? There's nothing about his physical appearance that that was particularly attractive or good looking. And really, other than that verse in Isaiah 53 that just, just says that, we don't know anything about his physical appearance while he was here on the earth. What you have here in Revelation chapter 1 is the only description we have in the scriptures of Jesus's physical appearance, and it's Jesus in his glory. And this description is quite different from the way Jesus is depicted in books and movies, isn't it? Just as we read through it. Some of it may have come as a surprise to you to to hear Jesus described this way. 
But this is the picture that God wants us to have in our minds of Jesus Christ. God doesn't want us to picture Jesus in Galilee. He wants us to picture Jesus in glory. And the reason he wants us to picture Jesus in glory is because when you see Jesus, you will see him in his glory. This is the way Jesus will look when you see him. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, it says, We shall see him as he is. This is how he is, as it's described here in Revelation chapter 1. And so this is what God wants us to picture and think of when we think of seeing Jesus, seeing him in his glory. Look at verse 8. Now, if you have a, a red letter edition of the Bible, these words are in red. These are the first words of Jesus in the book of Revelation. And here he describes himself as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Jesus calls himself the Alpha and the Omega. Now, the New Testament was written in Greek, which was the common language of that day, Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. So it's like Jesus said, I am the A to the Z. I am everything. So you guys thought I was going to break into a rap there for a moment, you know, (laughs) and totally go hip hop on yours. No, I am the A to the Z. I'm everything. I'm all in all. That's what he's saying. He says, I'm the beginning and the end. Now, now, six times in the Bible, the Lord uses this phrase or a similar phrase to it. Like in verse 11, he calls himself the first and the last. He uses this phrase six times. Three times in Revelation, three times in Isaiah. Isn't it interesting? We're going through Revelation and Isaiah right now as a church. And every time God uses that phrase, the beginning and the end or the first and the last, he's saying it to comfort his people. To comfort his people. He says, I am the beginning and the end. And what does that mean? That means he began everything. He will end everything. Everything began with Jesus Christ in Genesis 1. All things were created by him. And everything will end with Jesus Christ in Revelation. He's the beginning and he's the end. That also means that Jesus is eternal. He was before all things and he will remain beyond all things. And it means he has authority over everything. That's where the comfort comes in to us, his people. I'm the beginning and the end. I have authority over everything. Look at verse 8 again. He is the one who is and who was and who is to come. If you remember last week, back up in verse 4, God the Father used that same description of himself. And here now Jesus uses it to describe himself. He is the one who is, who was, and is to come. Jesus and the Father are one. And then at the end of verse 8, Jesus describes himself as the Almighty. The Almighty God. Now if you're a note taker, that, that word Almighty, the Almighty, this title that Jesus declares of himself that title the almighty it literally means the one who has his hand on everything we'll return to pastor dan's message in just a moment 
first, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. The one who has his hand on everything. Jesus has his hand on everything. He controls all things. He's sovereign over all. There's nothing, listen, there's nothing in life that is random. There is nothing in life that is random. It may seem like it's random to us, but he has his hand on everything. He's the Almighty. And aren't you glad that Jesus is the Almighty, that he has his hands on everything, even when we don't feel like his hand is on it, or it doesn't seem like his hand is on it, that his hand is on everything. You know, maybe you've come here today, and maybe this past week, or maybe recently, you've found yourself in a trial, you found yourself in a crisis. And maybe you've come today, and you feel overwhelmed by your life, and the things that are going on in your life. And maybe you feel like things are out of control, or that no one has their hand on the wheel. And the thing is just kind of careening into a ditch. Jesus is the Almighty. Jesus has his hand on everything. Jesus has his hand on everything in your life. Everything. Even the stuff that's difficult. He has his hand on it. He's the Almighty. You know, ten times in the New Testament, Jesus is described as the Almighty. Nine times of those ten, it's in the book of Revelation that Jesus declares that he's the Almighty. Now, if you're familiar with the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation describes some pretty crazy stuff that's going to happen in this world, on this earth. And, and throughout the book, as these things are unfolding, this craziness in the world, Jesus reminds us, he's the Almighty. My hand is on it. Because you're going to read things. You're going to be like, whoa, what in the world? And no, I'm the Almighty. My hand is upon it. I'm in control. No matter how crazy it may look, no matter how crazy it may seem, my hand is upon it. He's the Almighty. It's comforting to know that. Just to know that his hand is on it. That his hand is guiding it. That it's not just careening out of control. with Nobody at the wheel. His hand is on it. Now in verse 9, John describes the circumstances of when he first received this vision. If you look at verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion, in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. John, you know, he was the last living of the apostles of the original 12. He was, he was perhaps one of only a handful of people left in the whole world who actually saw Jesus Christ and conversed with him 
and heard Jesus Christ and was an eyewitness to his miracles, he, he certainly had a very unique position in the church at this time. He could have claimed, you know, a special title or could have claimed some kind of rank or recognition over the church. You know, he could have said something like, I, John, the most important Christian on the face of the earth, <laughs> right? The most valuable Christian left in the world. But look what he says. He described himself simply as a brother and a companion. This is John, John the Apostle, the last of the twelve. And he says, I'm, I'm just a brother, just a brother in Christ. He puts himself on equal ground with all Christians. It's just the humility of John here. And he doesn't, he doesn't grab rank. He doesn't grab a title. Just, I'm just a brother, just a companion. I'm one of you. And the Bible says that God is the respecter of no men. He's not impressed by us. And, and John understood that, that the fact that he's the last one or the fact that he saw Jesus and heard him teach and he's maybe just one of the last remaining people on the earth at this time that could make that claim, that, that doesn't impress God. He, he understood that we're all equal before God, that we're just brothers and sisters in Christ. And he describes himself as just a brother, just a brother in Christ. He says a companion in tribulation. John wrote Revelation at the end of the first century, I believe maybe about 95, 96 AD. He writes at a time during widespread tribulation, widespread persecution of the church by the Roman Empire under the Roman ruler Domitian. Domitian ruled for about 15 years over the Roman Empire and he persecuted Christians. He fed them to the lions and that kind of thing. Uh, during his 15-year reign, uh, 40,000 Christians were put to death for their faith in Jesus Christ. And, and you, you know, and you might think 40,000, man, that's, that, that's a lot. And it is a lot. And you might think, well, I'm glad we don't live back then. But listen, 2016, 100,000 Christians were put to death for their faith in Jesus Christ. 100,000 Christians in one year. During his whole 15 years uh, under a Domitian, 40,000 were put to death. One year, 100,000 Christians were put to death. Over the last 15 years, 1.5 million Christians have been put to death uh, in the world. So the persecution that we have in the world today is far worse than what was happening in John's day. But it was happening in John's day. And John tells us that, that he was you know, just a companion in the tribulation that was taking place. He's a companion in the kingdom of God. And he's a companion in his patience of Jesus Christ. He's patiently waiting for Christ to come. And he tells us, if you look again at verse 9, he tells us that he was on the island of Patmos when he received this vision from God. Now, Patmos was a small little rocky island that sat off the coast of Turkey, still off the coast of Turkey. Patmos was kind of like the Alcatraz of the Roman Empire. The whole island was a prison. Uh, in fact, they had uh, marble quarries there. And the Roman Empire would sentence people to hard labor on the island of Patmos. And they'd have to work in the marble quarries uh, there on the island. And that John was sentenced to hard labor on Patmos. One commentator wrote of Patmos, Patmos was lonely, desolate, barren, 
uninhabited, and seldom visited. It had all the requisites which could be desired for a place of punishment. So that's where John was when he received this revelation. And I don't want you to miss that. Don't miss that. John was on Patmos doing hard time when he received the greatest revelation of Jesus Christ. When he saw Jesus in all of his glory like never before. You know, sometimes in, in our lives, it's, it's during the, the darkest hour and the greatest trial that God reveals himself to us in a way like never before, that we get an understanding and a picture of the glory of God that, that we don't get anywhere else, that it just comes through those, those trials where Jesus reveals himself to us like he never has before. And John tells us in verse 9 the reason why he was sentenced to hard labor on Patmos. He says, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ, for, for teaching the word, the Bible, and for telling people about Jesus. That's why the Roman government sent him to Patmos, to silence him. And so it says in verse 10, I was in the spirit, you know, he's, he's there on Patmos on the Lord's day. The Lord's day is probably Sunday. The early church started meeting on Sunday, the day of the resurrection. And so he's, he's in the spirit, you know, meaning uh, that, that he has some kind of, you know, spiritual experience where God reveals this to him. And he says, I heard a voice behind me, a loud voice as of a trumpet. John heard this loud voice that was like a trumpet. And the idea here is not that it had like a twill, like a trumpet. The, the idea is that the voice that he heard was striking or startling. If, if someone during the church service, as I'm teaching here, if someone stood up in the back of the room and blasted a trumpet, please don't do that. But if someone hypothetically did that while I was teaching, it, it would grab your attention. You would all, you know, be startled by it. You would jump in your seat and you would all turn around to look to see what is that noise that I'm hearing behind me. I remember years ago when our church used to meet at Burley Manor Middle School and the, the cafetorium, not a cafeteria, not an auditorium, it's a cafetorium. And in the back of the cafetorium, there was a soda machine and there was a cricket under the soda machine. And about five minutes into the teaching, the cricket started chirping. And I could watch all of the heads of the people kept turning around and looking back at the direction of the cricket. I couldn't even keep the attention of the people more than a cricket. Imagine if there's a trumpet blast in the back of the room. Everybody's going to jump and turn around. And John says here that this voice, man, it, it, it just, it was, it startled him. It grabbed his attention just like the sound of a trumpet blast behind him. Me, how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Revelation, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. 
you'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today and wish you could hear it again for it to fully sink in? Well, we have just the thing. All of our messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for These Teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that you'll find interesting. Are you growing through this study in Revelation? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the